gear space, everybody. Woo. Shout out to the meters. The song fucking slaps. <laughs> oh, God. It has been an interesting month, let me tell you. Oh, boy. We're back. We're back with some new episodes for y'all. Oh, my God. So, the podcast abruptly ended, uh, what was it? I think it was almost exactly a month ago. Uh, Long story long, I had a catastrophic failure of uh, the main computer that we use here at Rock 10 Productions. Um, thankfully I had a backup of everything, so, you know, that's why we can keep bringing you guys, uh, content, but the, uh, COVID really fucked up getting a new computer, didn't realize, uh, the supply chain was, uh, destroyed, so basically, uh, what happened was the day after I got, uh, or the day after the computer died, I, I purchased a new, uh, computer from Apple, and they were like, yo, we'll give it to you in like two weeks. Everything will be groovy. So I was like, all right, you know, good, good. And then, you know, flash forward four or five weeks later, everything got all fucked up and it finally showed up last week. So here we are back at it. Got some great content for you guys. Um, on today's episode, we got our first anonymous, anonymous, anonymous guest. Um, this episode was recorded, I think, a week before the computer died. Um, possibly two weeks before that. And we got this episode and two other episodes that were recorded back a month ago when uh, when everything was groovy. We're going to put those out, and then uh, we're going to start recording new episodes here um, sometime this week, actually. So on today's episode, we get into some heavy fucking shit. Um, the guest wanted to be anonymous. It's our first anonymous ever guest, so we distorted their voice. Um, it's like pitch down and talks, you know, real low like that. And we talked about addiction, um, with opioids. We talked about um, selling weed. We talked about uh, like cocaine and a bunch of other fucked up shit. Uh, he's a dear friend of mine. Uh, he's going through some some rough shit right now, so we wanted to keep it anonymous. But, uh, yeah, it's an interesting conversation. I'm sure you guys will enjoy it. Uh, We also reviewed a bunch of beers. Um, The guest is a connoisseur, so to speak, of uh, exotic um, craft beverages. So definitely check out um, the Instagram. There'll be a photo of the, the different beers that we were drinking. And, yeah, I hope you guys are doing good. I miss you. I hope that uh, everything's going well out there. Fucking coronavirus still out here kicking ass. Um, I don't know what it's like wherever you're at, but out here in Lancaster, it's it's getting better. Businesses are starting to reopen a bit, and um, you know the vibe is is doing good. Um, yeah. So I mean, we're back. New episodes of Earspace every Monday, as always. Earspace is continually made. Uh, possible by Rock 10 Productions. If you are interested in any recording, mixing, or mastering, or if you're a musician or a content creator looking for any instrumentals, definitely go check out rock10productions.com. That's R-O-K, the number 10, productions.com.
www.thepodcastmarketingmonday.com. And yeah, with that being said, let's jump into today's episode with an anonymous guest. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Earspace. On today's episode, we have our first anonymous guest. So please, everybody, welcome this unknown person. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How you doing, Byron? Good, good, good. Um, so I wanted to talk to you about a bunch of things, but one thing being this delicious fucking beer that you have I was brought. just going to say that it's very good. It is super good. What is this one? Can you grab the can? Yeah. It's, it's brewed by Victory Brewing. So. It's a Victory Java Latte Cold Brew Milk Stout. I have, uh, I've never really like tried milk stouts and shit before, but I gotta say this is, this is pretty fucking delicious. Um, you have also brought a bunch of other delicious beers, uh, and I'd like to ask you, how'd you fucking get into like cool craft beers and shit? I uh, I work at a restaurant and bar, so they have you know a good amount of of beer there, a nice variety. Yeah. And from hanging out there, I met a couple of the patrons who were more into the artisanally made craft brewing side of things, and they enlightened me to like all these beers out there that a lot of people don't even get to try because right. they're like limited runs and whatnot. So they've shared those beers with me and. They've excited my interest in, like, the, the harder beers to kind of find. But these, I got um, all these beers I bought at a, a local little six-pack shop near my apartment. And uh, they're probably pretty accessible to, to most people. So, that whatever we drink, we're going to talk about. So, we can, uh, if anybody thinks that sounds good, they should go try it. because. So, yeah, I mean, I guess, like... I should probably go grab them, unless you remember the first well, one we, we can, started we off can, uh, We can. I'll put a picture them. of them on yeah, the... Yeah, uh, actually, that would be good. We'll, we'll, uh, all the beers we drink, we'll do the empty can. Yeah, up, on the Instagram. And kind of see what was fueling our Hell yeah. podcast today. Um, so the first one we started off with was that Belgian the white? Algash, uh white. Yeah, the Belgian white. got you. And that one was like... I feel like for people that don't fuck with hops and stuff and then they I, I mean i don't know when i was like first getting into like craft beer and whatnot i just assumed that like everything had like tons of hops and shit in it you know what i mean and then you start figuring out more about like other flavor profiles and whatnot and like a belgian white maybe isn't is it are there any domestics that have like a belgian white or yeah, I mean, it's just the style of the way you make the beer, so I'm sure there's, there's like, a, like a Belgian white is, like, Blue Moon or, like, um, Ho Garden, yeah. I think. I don't, I don't, I'm not, like, a beer expert, no, so I got you. me on anything. No, but, I got you. But, uh, there, I guess the way that bitterness is measured is an IBU, yeah. International Bitterness Unit, so. Yeah. When I look at cans, like, anything over 100, I know is going to be, like, super bitter. Yeah. Like, 60... 60, 70 is like the neighborhood I like to be in, but that one we probably had was probably above that. It was very smooth. Yeah. yeah. There, it, it all, it's, it's, beer is so complex. It's, uh, it's very hard to kind of become an expert on. And at that point you're, uh, a Cicerone, which I just taught you today. Yeah. Which is like a beer, uh, the sommelier of, of beers. Right, right. Um, yeah. one thing that I know that you definitely, I mean, I know you know a lot of stuff about a lot of stuff, but, 
Um, when it comes to, I don't know, substance that you know way more about than I do, it'd be uh, marijuana. You're extremely um, knowledgeable, I would say, about um, cannabis. Cannabis. Yeah. yeah, sorry. You know, like, I know. I've, I've been told... Marijuana is like a slang term. Yeah, right? it's, it's kind of a made-up thing, and it's really funny. It's from like Reefer Madness or something. We are, anonymously, I am, but we are in Pennsylvania, which is where I'm from, so there's more beer in there, Byron, if you want the rest of that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, the, the medical program we have is called the PAMMJ, the Pennsylvania Medical Marijuana Program. I think that's really funny since it is a slang term. But in like the UK or in the in Europe rather, they uh, they call it cannabis. Shout out to Joe Rogan for making me say rather. Rather? Yeah. You got rather from. Yeah, he started saying it like instead, like instead yeah. of instead. Instead of instead. Yeah, like rather, rather of yeah. instead. You couldn't say it like that, probably. No, no, no. I mean, like, I know what you mean. You know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Rather. Rather. Yeah. So cannabis. Um, I have and as many of the listeners know, indulged in cannabis from time to time. Yeah. But um, you've definitely, like, opened my mind to, like... Well, I'd say the the first thing that you definitely hit me to was, like, terpenes and shit. Mm. So, for, like, the listeners and whatnot that maybe aren't, like, super hip to it, like, what what are, like, terpenes? Like, what, why do terpenes, they matter? slang term, terps. You'll hear that a lot. Um, they're the essential oils that are present in the cannabis that... Um, they make up the aroma and the flavor of it, and they will also synergistically affect the uh, the high or like the effects. And uh, that it's a very important thing in the medical program because they um, they test for the terpenes, so you can see the percentages of them, and then like the the patients who will. Uh, who will use them and then they enjoy the effects or, or whatever their diagnosis is in the medical program. Like they will notice that a certain strain works better than others. They can look at the terpenes in those and then try a strain next that has similar terpenes. And most times they will have a similarly beneficial effect. And, um, there's this thing called the, the entourage effect where you have the, the terpenes and the THC and it, it uh, the terpenes affect the THC in a way uh, if you didn't have the THC there it would be a completely different effect no it shit. would be very dull so it's they're, they're super they're super and, the, and terpenes are in everything like they're, oh, they're it's not just in, cannabis right like like the, there's there's like uh, oh I think over a hundred different terpenes like maybe not that maybe that's cannabinoids but there's like a, a great amount of terpenes and they make up like the flavors and like all the fruits vegetables and plants and like they just are there's a huge spectrum of them available in the cannabis plant uh because of all the breeding that has been done over the years and stuff so like yeah there's you know and they, they will they will make up the smells that you know as like you know the weed smell but it's it's really like the terpenes combined together like to, to make those smells yeah right right yeah. how'd you like get so i mean obviously like you research and you learn and whatnot but like what drove you to like learn more about cannabis rather than just your average consumer well i really got into smoking because i have i was diagnosed with adhd and i was put on a slew of different stimulant based medications like Adderall, Vyvanse, 
uh, what's the other Concerta, and they all just had like the the benefits of them seemed short lived, and that they if I took them on a regular basis, I would need to take more. Like I built a tolerance up, and like I also had some very uh, unsavory side effects that that didn't seem like it was worth it to take these medications to me so when I would smoke it would kind of slow my brain down to where I could process everything that I was thinking about and then that's when I really was like oh like this is like a much better alternative and like I just because I liked it so much I wanted to know more about it and then I just once I get interested in something I just go like balls deep fucking go right into it and try to learn everything I can and then uh my girlfriend actually, um, she worked at a dispensary, uh, a VA medical dispensary for a, a, a time, and uh, she kind of reinforced like what I knew. I actually taught her a lot of stuff to help her with her job, and I just mainly learned it from uh, the internet, YouTube, uh, researching, talking to different people. Yeah, like it's there's a there's a wealth of knowledge out there for everyone to explore on the internet about anything you want to know about cannabis from like cultivation to consumption there's it's you just got to spend the time and put the work in and, and you'll you'll learn as much as i can yeah what was like uh your introduction to cannabis like were you like a young smoker because obviously you found like medical benefit for it but i wasn't i smoked for the first time when i was 16 but I actually started selling weed when I was 14. Selling weed? Yeah, yeah, I used oh, to sell shit. a little bit of weed yeah, yeah. in high school. Well, middle school to high school. I um, I had a very, I had a very uh, on and off relationship with weed in high school. Like, I, I, I found out that people, well, here the problem was, is my, my father, who was, who was or is still, I'm not sure, uh, a drug addict, was very um, adamant about me not doing any drugs. So he had a bunch of drug tests oh, up shit. on the fridge, and he would make sure that I wasn't doing any drugs. Yeah. So it just only f- fueled my interest in these drugs even more, because I'm like, why doesn't, like, yeah, why right, is he right. so? So then I like was got into uh, hanging out with the kids who smoked at school, but like, I didn't smoke because I couldn't. And then I was like, oh, well, if I can't smoke, I'm at least going to sell this. I'll at least figure this out. Right. And then I got uh, I got jumped. When I was in, like, seventh or eighth grade, I got set up by these jerk-offs, and then I got jumped. Damn. And uh, I stopped for a little bit. How much did it get you for? Oh, it was, like, nothing. It was, uh, it was like, like a half. Two, <laughs> two eyeballed eights, which was probably, like, uh, six grams. Yeah. It wasn't even. It was nothing. I, I would have robbed me, too. I didn't look very intimidating yeah. in seventh grade. Yeah. Yeah, my, my voice was really high and squeaky. Yeah. I wore a lot of tie-dye shirts. But yeah, and then... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not laughing at your play. Just no, it's, the school, tie-dye the shirts being like I, assimilated to being like some of the... Yeah. Like, I get it. <laughs> this, the school that I went to was just no one... Everyone thought they were were tough guys because yeah. we, we lived outside the city and then when they, when everyone went in the city, they ended up getting robbed themselves. But I was I was the... The precursor to that, I was the one that got robbed, yeah. and then they kind of got dealt with later by the actual like tough guys in the city. Yeah, but, but yeah, and then um, I probably started smoking a little more regularly when I was like eighteen, and then I dated a girl for a year, and I, I didn't smoke for eleven months. 
which was probably in the longest term of was it non-smoking. It was, she didn't want you to smoke? Yeah, she didn't want me to do anything. Yeah. Because she had had previous bad experiences with drugs and alcohol, and she um, thought that that was everyone's thing. Yeah. To not, you know, if you don't drink and smoke, bad things will happen to you. Which yeah, is, I had a girl uh, break up with me in eighth grade. First time I ever smoked cannabis under a bridge. She was there, and she was like, I can't be with you. You're going to get addicted to, like, opium or some dumb shit like that. And she <laughs> left. But Shout out to Alicia, not, wherever you're at. To deviate, not to, I, I kind of deviated from what we were talking about, but the first yeah. time I got, well, I'll, I'll, it was in the span of two weeks. I had decided that I'm like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to actually smoke. Yeah. So I went over to my friend's house, this girl that I went to high school with, and she had, actually, I think I got the weed for us. Because I had I had known where to get all this before I even smoked. So yeah. I got us some weed, and then she, because I had never rolled anything before, she rolled us this horrible blunt. Yeah. It was really loose and, like, soggy. And we smoked it, <laughs> and I didn't, and I had always heard, like, you don't get high your first time, right? Yeah, so yeah. I, I smoked that. I did not get high. Yeah. It didn't happen. So then two nights later, I was at my other friend's house, uh, and this is sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but just to no. clarify, this is still within the the drug tests are on the fridge still. Yeah, yeah. Do you just decide? Like, I just fuck decided. It? Yeah, I just decided. I'm like, I was six, like in the in the back half of my 16 year old year, yeah. like almost 17, and I was just like, fuck this. Yeah, like, this yeah. Is, and I have a very bad relationship with my dad, right, so I right. kind of was like, you know what? Like, if we're gonna He's going to fucking beat me up like he usually did. Like, whatever. I'll figure it out. Yeah. I don't want to fucking get high. Yeah. So. so my bad. So you smoked the soggy blunt. Smoked the blunt, didn't get high. Yeah. And then two nights later, I go to another friend's house. Like, completely different area. Uh, weed actually smelled very good. And we smoked out of an aluminum can. Classic. Yeah. Um, and he was roasted on the couch. And I was sitting there like, what the fuck? Like, maybe I'm immune to weed, right? A week later, next door to the house that I smoked the aluminum can, uh, it was my friend's uh, relatives, and they had gone out, and we were supposed to, well, my friend and his cousin were, were watching their children, and they came home in the middle of their night out of uh, bar hopping, like super drunk, and the wife had, who later was one of my weed customers, had told me, she was really fucked up, but she's like, yeah, there's there's weed in this drawer, like the pipes over here, like have a fucking good time. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, I w in my head, I was like, this is the, you know, my buddy who I had smoked the aluminum can with was there also, but he decided to to get all fucked up on Monster and 151. Yeah, which was Monster and like, 151. He was all, dude, he oh, was all over shit. the place. So anyway, so I find this beautiful, uh, like, Coogee sweater-esque patterned uh, <laughs> hammer pipe and I was just like yeah. enamored by it and then there was a, a little red jar with a cork in it that had some really dank smelling weed and I was like okay I'm like this hopefully this gets me high so I took it out back on the deck next to the grill I'll never forget it and I was staring at the fucking the outside light on the neighbor's house and I was I smoked like three two three hits of it and I went back inside and I sat down 
and then like 15 20 minutes the high started rolling on and i was like giggling and i was like oh shit this is like this is what it's like to be high right right right. yeah it was wild so how, how old were you when you found the like when you run this situation it was like 16 gotcha, 16 gotcha, gotcha. into 17 yeah in that neighborhood right yeah. Uh, here we're gonna take a quick pause and we'll be right back. We're gonna add more cans to the lineup. How this anonymous person evolved through marijuana. Hopping back in after a quick beer fail, beer break. Yeah, that was nice. Um, so we just tried. What was that one? Uh, 2019. Was, let's check it out. Ah, there we go. Fair State. It was the Fair State 2019. S'mores inspired pastry stout with marshmallows, graham crackers, cacao nibs, vanilla, and honey. Yeah, and so after that shit. delicious victory coffee stout, mm-hmm. um, milk stout, um, we figured, hey, why not try this out? And I got to tell you, uh, it was pretty fucking gross. Not your fault, but to the brewery the people, make it less sweet. It was just, yeah, it was too much. It was too sweet. And it was, it was yeah, too sweet. Uh, the beer we were talking about that we had earlier after the Algash White was the Omnipolo. Uh, they they have artfully uh, curated the name on the can in a way I can't uh, figure out what it is. So we'll put that up at the end. Yeah, we'll have pictures a, of uh, pictures of the brews then. It's a Galaxy Mosaic IPA, and it was delicious. Yeah. So now we are on to. The Fathead Brewery Benjamin Danklin IPA. I have not tried it yet. The nose on it is good. Let's give that a shot. It smells good. It does. I like the nose. I like this. It's it's like a. It's light, but it's like hoppy. It has flavor, but it's it's not too hoppy. Yes, yes. It's like it's got like the aftertone of hoppiness. It's very nice. I feel like watered down would be the wrong word, but it's like a watered down. Hoppy. It's this is actually yeah. This is nice. I like. It's this. very drinkable, especially in comparison to the last joint. Yeah. Yeah, I could. Oh. So it's fucked up, but I kind of like equate. Like if I have, I this I really rarely have. Clearly, getting a little tipsy here. I rarely have like a bunch of different kinds of beer. I used to be really big into the like, you know, pick your own six packs and try a bunch of weird shit. There's this spot up in Hazleton uh, that used to have a decent. Uh, 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 oh man! Um, selection. I, I think you were there once. Uh, who knows? Doesn't matter. I think, but, I think uh, we were there together. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, shout oh. out to fucking Hazelton. Shout out to the the redneck ratchet girl who gave us the mixed lushies. Oh my god, dude! I remember those. They're, she was like, "I'm not supposed to give you." Might I, might I tell this, the story, please? So Byron and I were on a business trip for an undisclosed company and uh we decided that we were gonna we, we were staying in a hotel and we decided we were gonna go get some adult beverages which was completely legal because we were both over 21 yeah, at the time yeah, so yeah. we went to Nothing the local six-pack spot um hoping to buy some beers and i couldn't help but notice uh, these alcoholic slushy machines, and I was like, "Ooh, this is like in my neck of the woods. They don't have these." Yeah, yeah. So, and same with you. Yeah, we were both. It's on, like, only until this? like recently that they've made that like a to-go thing. Hazelton has been the pioneer in the to-go alcoholic slushies for a while. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, I in- 
inquired to the the young lady behind the counter as to because uh, they had like they had the flavors like mango, pineapple, cherry, and then they had double mango, double. And I'm like, ooh, I'm like, oh, so what's going on? Is it like extra flavor? And she's like, no, there's twice as much alcohol. I'm like, okay. So us being in our early twenties at the time. I was like, yeah, I want all of the, you know, I want, I want, I want all the, the alcohol. I was like, I want, <laughs> I want a double man. And I, I, I barely got mango out of my mouth. She goes, no, 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 no. I got you. I got you. And she proceeds to do a suicide of all the different flavors, single yeah. and double did not give a fuck. No. And so we both got these treacherous, <laughs> treacherous, they, they, they had the flavor that was described, but also it just had the aftertaste of like four loco. It was just a very It was like a ice and all of the malt liquor <laughs> in like a twenty four ounce cup. Yeah, it was a we got we got the we got the like there were like four sizes. We got like the third largest one. We didn't get the big boy, but it was like yeah, like a thirty two ounce. Oh yeah, it was that yeah, big. Was oh, okay. I think they had like like twenty four. I don't remember a lot 16, from that evening. Twenty four, thirty two, forty four, like yeah. the classic gas station sizes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think we got the thirty two and and uh, it was pretty uh, potent. Yeah, I can I can recall like one or two. We were there together maybe twice. Yep. Was that perhaps the evening in which uh, we ordered all of the food from Denny's? Yeah, we got Denny's, <laughs> lots of Denny's, just drunk like, as all, fuck. Yeah, forty dollars yeah. worth of Denny's. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. The next time we got just beers, but yeah. that first time we got went fucking buck wild on yeah. the We knew again not to ask for the slushy from the the This is a good beer. I know I like it. So, um jumping back kind of to what we were talking about earlier, um you're 16, 17, mm-hmm. you smoked pot now right. what three times and the third time was the charm. Third time I got high, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then what, where do you go from on, there? Uh, I was selling on and off. It was just kind of like, I was never, I never had a huge customer base, but I also didn't put myself out there like that. Like I was kind of just like, I, I, in my whole career of selling weed, which I will not disclose on how long or short that was. Like I've always tried to just deal with people that I knew. Right. And you know, if, if your friend knows a friend, whatever, whatever, that's who I'll deal with. Like, I don't put myself out there, like, advertise. It's just, it just only causes problems in my experience. Right. So, I, uh, was selling on and off, and then I would, I would, uh, it, I had periods, like, my, my senior year, I went through, like, like, a couple month periods where I would smoke a lot, and then I wouldn't really smoke, and then I would smoke more, and it was just, I was just smoking out of my little one-hitter and dugout that I had, and I kept in my car. Not really smoking a lot. And then I would say I had a lot of turmoil in my family and a lot of fucked up shit happened. So the more fucked up shit that happened, the more I would smoke, incidentally. And, uh, excuse me. Um, I, uh, started smoking. I actually, I learned, I actually taught myself how to roll joints before blunts. I think I smoked joints. I smoked joints for about four, I think I learned, I taught myself how to roll a blunt at like 22, 23, but I smoked exclusively joints and bowls up until then, but any, any rolled material around me was a joint, which was uncommon 
for the friend circles I had, including the, the people I went to high school with, everybody smoked blunts. So, or, or, uh, what did, what did you guys used to call it? A bean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A bean. I haven't heard that in a minute. Cause a like, bean. yeah, I just, everyone around me was always smoking blunts. And then at some point I was like, I, think, her, I, I met, I met Byron. Um, How old were you? Because we're probably the, we're the same age, uh, well, right? Let's see. Uh, we met. So let me think about this. Yeah, we met in 2012. Yeah. Which is the year that I graduated high school. Yeah. So I would have been what, like 17, 18, 18, 19. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. I was Damn. young bulls. Yeah, I know. I've known I, you for a minute. I, 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 that's what I mean. Yeah. We we met each other at audio engineering school in Gettysburg. I remember you actually had procured some weed for me from a friend. I said, "Hey," because I, I had just moved there, and I was like, "Hey, I don't know where to get to. I don't know where to get weed." And you're like, "Oh, my friend can hook you up." And I was kind of I was very apprehensive about this, but I also wanted to get high because yeah. I was in this strange town of Gettysburg, which, in which I didn't place. know anyone. And my appearance at the time had been a lot more uh, abrasive than the Abercrombie, Banana Republic style of everyone that went to Gettysburg College. Yeah, yeah. I came out of this shit-poor city in Pennsylvania where everyone dressed kind of ghetto, and that was my appearance as well. So I was, I was judged and stereotyped. Very much so in Gettysburg. Yeah. But, so I didn't have many friends, and then when I met Byron at school, I was like, okay, like, maybe I can, like, vibe with this guy. So, he, uh, he had gotten some weed for me from his friend, and I was like, okay, cool, and then, you know, we just started kind of hanging out after that, because I had an apartment that was very close to the school. Yeah. Oh, Those good times, man. Yeah, that's that's kind of so that was like at that point in my life, like eighteen, nineteen, that was kind of I was smoking I was actually oh, I forgot. I was on probation at the time. Yeah. When I was there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for some weed related charges. Yeah. And uh my probation officer had not gotten back to me in some time, so I thought she kinda of forgot about me, so I just started smoking. Yeah. And then that's kind of when that whole situation happened. Right. It ended up working out well. <clears throat> but um, after that, I, I probably, I smoked pretty regularly after I left school until I dated that girl, which was, let's see. This is, back, from, this is back in high school time now. No, this is after after school. After we met each other. Yeah. Okay. So we so we school was done in twenty thirteen, and then I had come back because I actually didn't get to finish up. A whole bunch of stupid shit happened. I, I was very uh, caught up in my family issues, and I kind of let school go to the wayside. Also, our teacher was a bit of a character. Yeah, and yeah. I kind of. I don't know. I uh, I have my mixed opinions about about the school that we went to. And one of the teachers, unnamed, was a serious alcoholic. Oh yeah. I recall at one point we were about to go record at a church, and I had I had been looking for him to consult him on which mic stand to bring. Yeah. And I walked into his office to find 
him standing there with three shots of Jägermeister poured on his desk, in which he immediately drank all three of them, looked at me and said, it's time to go to church. (laughs) And I was like, oh, shit. That's fantastic. He gave me, dude, when I... I um, mix sound for his band. Yeah. It's great because they're both in the band, so you have no idea what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and at this little Irish pub in Gettysburg, and he gave me my first IPA I ever had. Yeah. Yeah, we were done. He's like, you want a beer? And I'm like, yeah. And he gave me a dogfish head 60 minutes. Oh, I almost yeah. had like an anxiety attack yeah, when right. I drank it. I was like, yeah. oh, what is like, this? This is not Miller High this Life. Is, yeah, this is like not domestic <laughs> beer. He was so drunk, he had the fucking hiccups, and his wife had to drive me home. Damn. God damn. What a good fucking time. How about the time that he was so hungover, he came in, and then he made us listen to Dark Side of the Moon, cover to cover, and then he told us to go, verbatim, told us to go home, get in a different mindset. Yeah, I do really remember emphasize that. that. I do remember that. And then told us to listen to it. I do remember that. Audio engineering school was a trip. Yeah, it was strange. It was like a year long or like nine months or something six like that. Six months. Six months. It was the longest six months ever. And we, we would have in like, like October and ended in like the spring. I remember my first day. I don't, I probably never told you this, but I got there. I was real stoked. I knew it was a small class, but I got there like early as fuck because I had like, uh, you had a longer commute, but I had like an hour drive there or something like that. Oh no! I yeah, live you live there, right? Um, I was like, "Yo, I'm gonna get you there." Had an orange watch on and a fucking uh, a gray like blazer. You remember? Suit. Oh yeah, I remember. I was like, "Who is this dickhead?" I, I don't think I was wearing a gray blazer suit. You you had a gray blazer on. Uh, I used to get real drunk and wear blazers and think it made me look Your edgy. Your shoes. <laughs> Oh, fuck Aldo, dude. That's a public announcement. Byron was the spokesperson for Aldo. I used to love years. Aldo shoes so much because they had cool. And fashionable designs, but for a low price. But I later found out that their shoes fall apart, like, randomly. Like, I was in Portland, running across this bridge, high out of my fucking mind, and I had these boots on that I bought from Aldo, and I sipped this little thing on the bridge, and I hate bridges, because, like, who doesn't, who loves bridges? Like, you're going to fall off the bridge, you're going to die, right? And I was running across the bridge, and my uh, my fucking Aldo's fell apart. So, fuck. Portland and not fuck Portland. Portland's cool, but fuck all though. Anyways, um, random off the cuff truly break. Yeah, we have to add that to the fucking to the like lineup. genuinely delicious beers. Yeah, expertly crafted beers and just randomly just throwing a truly in there. Truly delicious. Um, the lime is not bad. I'm not gonna lie. I don't remember what we were talking about because I am substantially more inebriated than I was before but one thing that i definitely would like to talk about was kind of the arc of the marijuana stuff because i know keeping you anonymous because of the deal that i know you ended up like in a position where you were doing pretty good on that so i've always wanted to have somebody on the podcast that i could talk to them like unfiltered unadulterated like what it's like to be in like the i don't want to say the underbelly it's like the wrong word but about like the the illicit the, like, substance Yeah, business. being in, like a, a drug dealer. You yeah, know what I mean? Let's much. call it that. So, like, I never subscribed to that label, but... Yeah, like, what, what was the jump? So, like, you, you go from... You smoked pot a couple times. It finally got you high. You were selling a little bit in high school. You said you got jumped for, what, two eights? So, yeah. at that point, you weren't really, like, moving and shit. Like, what, I wasn't moving anything. What, what's, like, the jump that right. you went from, you know, a little bit to a lot of bit? 
Uh, well, meeting you in your youth certainly got me excited. I definitely, I definitely was a different person. You had, you had <laughs> more varieties of cannabis like than I had ever seen. Like I had dealt with, I think you just because you smoked and your friend smoked, you always had a decent amount of weed when I met you, like, not, like, ounces, but, like, you know, like, maybe, like, a half ounce, three quarters of an ounce, yeah. like, an ounce, you had, like, but you had, like, varieties, and it kind of opened my mind to the fact that, like, oh, this is, like, a thing, you know, it's not just, like, there's a weed guy, and he has stuff, and you buy, like, his stuff, and then you have, it. like, there's just, there's people out there that, that have a variety of things, and I was, like, I need to meet those people, so, after, I don't know, I would say, I meant, I, it was actually my introduction to the large-scale weed game came through Lancaster. Came through people that you had known, that yeah. I had met, and, and met in a different light. Yeah, because, I mean, I'll be honest about it. Like, I never really talked about it on the podcast. Like, I used to sell weed, like, on some dumb shit. It was just kind of like, so I could smoke for free, but... Mm-hmm. Really, like, the people that I was dealing with were doing it, like, way on a different fucking level. And they would throw me, like, an ounce or two um, for nothing because, like, their scale was substantially larger. And at the time, you know, like, I want to smoke pot for free. I want to buy some glass here and there and some tacos or some shit. Um, I had bigger aspirations. Yeah, and, and the people that I was dealing with were, like, had substantially larger aspirations and were you know they just knew me from you know the music stuff or whatever it took a while i would say after i met you even though it was still in your like probably fairly immediate circle i it took me maybe like two years two i would say when i was 22 is when i really started getting into it and i had a mutual friend of byron and i had um he was pretty much just middle manning like he knew another person that was also from the lancaster area that had since moved and he would just he was pretty much like he would just know the people that had uh the large amounts of weed and he knew the people that wanted to buy the large amounts of weed and he would interject he would, he would put himself in the middle so he could turn a profit on it. And when the people that he was grabbing the initial stuff from to sell to me realized how much I wanted to buy, they kind of cut him out of the loop because they realized what he was doing and like that it didn't need to happen like that, that they could make more money with just dealing with me personally. So that's kind of how that happened um a, a particular particular time we were at another mutual friend of Byron and I's house and uh the guy shows up we were gonna buy it was a hash oil like shatter in the beginning stages this is probably like 2014 and um there was a there was an ounce and me and the said person in which house I was at we're gonna split it and uh the the connect if you will shows up before I was there at this person's house and then I get there and there is this subpar uh slab of oil that I wasn't uh very happy to to purchase and I just instead of um 
instead of buying it, I backed out on it. I said, I don't want this. This is shit. And what happened was, is this person uh, had brought a shitty half ounce and a very, very uh, sought after half ounce, which was hidden in the drawer for this person to buy. Instead of us each splitting, you know, we I'll take I'll take a half of the good, a half of the bad. I'll take he'll take a half of the good, a half of the bad. He tried to give me all the bad, and I was just like, no. And the person that had brought the uh, the oil by was like, you you need to sell this. So. He, the person whose house I was at, took the uh, took the subpar, and I got the good stuff. And then from that point on, the connect uh, just decided to deal with me exclusively because he saw the fuckery that was going on, and just everyone trying to just kind of stick their fingers into everything instead of actually, you know, buying what you wanted to buy and, and selling it. So at, after that point, I know that was a really complicated explanation. I'm a little intoxicated, but after that point, long story short, I was in touch with uh the connect who had everything i needed to get and at that point i would say between the ages of 20 probably end of 22 to 24 25 i had a solid connect for high grade weed and oil cartridges edibles anything i wanted anything i could get rid of i would buy it and that was kind of my market and i would take it from one area and bring it back to my area and do what I needed to do with it. And, uh, it was, it was fairly lucrative. It paid for my weed habit. It paid for the food I wanted to eat. It paid for the glass I wanted to buy. And it was, it was a great system, but you know, all good things come to an end and there were, there were hiccups in between here and there, but it was, uh, it was a very fun and interesting time. And it's probably Another reason why I have such a, a wealth of knowledge on cannabis, because when you deal with the black market, you learn about a lot of things that you never even hear about when people who never actually touch large amounts of, of weed, you know, deal with. And you learn a lot of shit. And I was always the one that wanted to educate everyone on that rather than keep them in the dark so they could, you know, because a lot of people would just keep their customers in the dark and try to charge them as much as they can, sell them subpar and tainted products and it's just not the way to do things you know you you learn things along the way and you kind of have to choose your position in the game whether you're you know just like a piece of shit who just wants to make as much money as possible or like you actually know the people you deal with and you want to just provide them with a quality product that they want to enjoy and that was kind of the latter is where I put myself in the game so it, it was it was interesting I was driving around with fucking pounds of weed in my car I had you know, tens of thousands of dollars in, in uh, front money that had been, or fronted product that had been put up that I was responsible for. I almost got arrested the one time. I got pulled over for speeding. Had about like a pound and a half, like 50, 5,500 bucks in my pocket. And uh, I was super addicted to pills at the time. So I had a, a, a cornucopia of different fucking pills in my pocket. And I was just sweating bullets. But Officer Blaze, ironically enough, uh, just gave me a speeding ticket, and I just kind of just skated out of that. You know, I was I was fairly smart about when I did when I did things. You know, I, I really thought it out because I didn't want to get fucking caught. What, like, what was your? I mean, I know you mentioned it briefly, and as me knowing you, we're, you know, we're friends. I know yeah. a little bit of the backstory, but for the podcast aspect of it, like, what was your relationship with drugs other than marijuana? Well, when did that start? Uh. And we should know too that you're clean and sober now. Yeah. Besides absolutely. this fucking. Besides the beer, drinking I, I'm right not now. even smoking yeah. right now. Um, yeah. 
but congratulations I, too. I know that's that's no yeah, easy it's, it's, feat. It's, it's 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 another. There is another reason behind that, in which I will not mention yeah, until yeah. a much later date. But we can we'll do the follow up podcast, and I can tell you what was really going on. Yeah, I just want to make sure nothing else happens. Yeah, and, no, for sure. If, but I mean, like, let, let, let's think about like the like the consumption right. level. Like, what was the first non marijuana, non alcohol drug that you took? Uh, probably dabbling with. Uh, my dad was, uh, unbeknownst to me at the time, in my in my youth in like my high school years like 14 to 18 my dad was a huge cocaine addict and he also did uh, it was coke and prescription pills so he would get them uh from my grandmother who had no idea she just thought he, he was very naive and just thinks that he had a tough job and he would have these hobbies that strain his body so she would just give him a couple painkillers here and there and like you know Unknowingly, he was a huge uh, drug addict and just an all-around shitty person. But I'm not yeah. gonna delve into Fuck that. Your dad. He, we'll yeah, it. exactly. He uh, had a bunch of painkillers like on top of the microwave, so I would just experiment with them, and I really didn't. And nothing really hit and me. Was right, this within know? like the going back to earlier, like the the drug testing era? Or no, it was it was it was like when I was eighteen. Okay, so like, we're like I, I may have stolen a couple things when I was younger, but that's the thing. Like, excuse me, the drug the tests dr- he had was the drug tests were more of like they were a like pot threat tests. than I think only one time he actually oh, really? used them. But yeah. it was just like the the threat of that he could at any time uh, drug test me. Do you think so? I um I would say and my mother uh, to preface this my mother had, uh, who has since passed away uh last year um February of 2019 um had ongoing health issues cancer and, and other things so and my dad wasn't in the picture so I used I would say my first really serious time that I delved into it. Why'd you get another Truly? Oh, it was just accessible. I, dude, there's plenty more beers. I'm gonna, I'll have another one. Alright. Sorry. Anyhow, You've awoken the dragon. That's <laughs> Anyways. Um, I, uh, I want to say around 20... Well, okay. Let me... It's Also, I would, I would like to preface this in saying that because of all this drug use, I have a fairly bad memory of certain yeah. years, especially the Xanax years, but I started with opiate painkillers probably um, around 1920. My grandmother, as I said, had a nice selection of painkillers. In 1920, you were doing... No, around I, 19, I understand. 1920 I'm sorry. years old. <laughs> In 1920, I took my first Xanax. You don't say. <laughs> no, but so, so you're nineteen twenty ish. Shit's going fucking horrible. Shit's going bad. Like my my parents, my dad divorced my mom. Yeah. Uh, basically because she was sick and couldn't have sex with him anymore, and he's just a horrible person. Either way, yeah. it's not really the focus of the subject. Right, right, right. Um, I uh, there were always painkillers around. So when I had taken them before several times, and I never. Um, 
really they kind of made me nauseous it just wasn't appealing to me yeah and then these would be what like opiate based painkillers uh vicodin yeah which is never good and then i I did some percocet which i just didn't hit me right at the time i just didn't enjoy it so but my uh my one friend who actually i was smoking the weed in the aluminum can with gave me my first perk 30 and i snorted it and after i did that I threw up, but after I did that, I got very high from it, and I enjoyed it, and from that point on, I knew that I wanted to do oxycodone, and, like, that's what I wanted to find. I knew my grandmother had it, so at the time, I was working at a, at a Red Robin, and I would go visit my grandmother on my lunch breaks, and I would, I would steal uh, some of her painkillers. I never stole anything to buy painkillers because I never knew anyone that sold them. Uh, until later, probably in, into like the 22, 23-year-old uh, era of my life. But around my early, like 2021, 20, it was strictly me just taking painkillers from my family. So I would, I would go, and because of my OCD, I would only steal them in even numbers. So I would dump the whole bottle out on my grandma's dresser, and I would count out even amounts of painkillers. And I would take like four or six or eight and then I would put them back and like she because she really wasn't using them she just would fill the scripts when she didn't need them she had the stockpiles on them so she never really knew and then I had left a rolled up dollar bill in the bathroom one time and I forgot about it because I was fucked up and uh at this point I was like I was decently addicted to them and uh she found out and thought I was doing cocaine and pretty much exiled me from her life and then, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at, right after that is when I dated the girl who I didn't uh, smoke weed for 11 months with. And then when that ended, we had had a rough, rocky uh, breakup of my relationship, and I really went into a downward spiral. And uh, at the time, my mom had had a surgery, and they gave her 100 Percocet 5 milligrams with no Tylenol. And she took three of them and got insanely sick and just didn't want to take any more of them. So... I would just, I did the whole rest of the bottle over, like, a couple months uh, unknowingly to my mom until she found the empty bottle because she wasn't going to take them. And then I, after those ran out, I uh, was just getting them from random people that I knew here and there, and it was very tough. And then I ended up, uh, because I was so distraught from this relationship, I went on Craigslist and I met this girl. I was just trying to have a hookup. I was just very depressed. I had gained a lot of weight. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to go out. It was right after I turned 21. So that's also like it's, it's kind of like it's a weird time. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. just it, it was it was just fucked up. It was a bad time for me to go through all this. Right. And uh, I met this girl on Craigslist. We started hanging out. We had sex. We had a good time. She just got divorced. She was 27. I was 21. She's actually like. As far as Craigslist encounters go, probably like an 11 out of 10 like, compared to like most people's experiences. Yeah. Other than that other, oh, well, let's not talk about that. On Craigslist. Let's talk about that yeah, at yeah, another yeah, time. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man. Told about five people about that story. Five people too many. Did you tell me about it? Yeah, the, the, the you don't fat get chick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The fat chick, oh, and I was Craigslist? like, yeah, I was Ooh, like. Yeah fingering her fucking fat instead yeah. of her vagina yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it was it was a bad shout out to life. like craigslist banning all that shit yeah 
yes, thank you. Know, <laughs> the one excellent thing that Trump has done is just gotten rid of the Craigslist scheduling <laughs> For better or for worse. Yeah. Shout out to Heather, by the way, the one that wasn't the fat girl. Yeah. Shout out to... <laughs> Anyways. Um, that. Yeah. So, anyways, me and Heather are hooking up, and she gets drunk one night and shows me where she's hiding her cocaine, which I didn't even do at the time, which later in my life became a very... So this is like your staple. first introduction to cocaine. Previous no, to this? Not e not even. That's oh, okay. the thing. That She showed me the cocaine, and I was like, kind of like, what the fuck ever. But at the time, I was... So, you know what? Actually, I had not been exiled by my grandmother yet while I was with Heather. Not quite, because I remember this. Um, I, Anyways, the cocaine thing... The cocaine was hidden in a pill bottle in a, uh, a large tote container that had all the rest of her old prescription pill bottles in it. And out of the corner of my eye, I had seen a hydromorphone pill bottle, which is Dilaudid, which is even stronger than Percocet. And I literally went into like a cold sweat when I saw it because I knew, I was like, that is a hardcore painkiller and I'm addicted to painkillers right like, now. That's I, the am, I got high when I saw it. Yeah. So... My drug-addicted self waited, and I would, because I was on painkillers, I had a bit of insomnia when I didn't have them, so me and Heather would have sex, and then after we would be done having sex, she would pass out, and I would be fucking wide awake, so I would go down and I would grift pills from her pill bottle. She had, a, she had 60, it was a 60 script, I think she'd taken two of them, so there were 58 Jesus. And I had taken all but three because in Holy my drug addicted mind. Not, not not all at the same time. No, right? like just, four. Okay. I would I would probably there were four milligrams. I would probably do like one. A would day. you steal them all at the same time? No, I took them four to six or eight. Oh yeah, time. right. Cause those yeah, because that's shit. my fucking yeah. thing. So I would take. And the one time she almost caught me. She had a she had a little half bath next to her kitchen. And she was in the half bath, and her the tote container with the pills was above the fridge. So I went to pull it out, and she came back out as I was opening it. So I quick shoved it up in the top, and it tried to, like, come out of the cabinet. And I had to, like, put a jar in front of the door so the door didn't fly open and all her pill bottles didn't fall on the floor. And I almost got caught the one time, but I successfully stole, let's see, 58, what is it, 55... Uh, of the hydrocodone or and that's the hydromorphone like the, the, in the bottle, the crazy high level shit. Yeah, it's a very, it's a, it's it's a very strong opiate. Yeah. Um, it's what they give you in the hospital when the Percocet's not working. Yeah. And I had left three in there because in my drug addicted mind, if she ever found it, I could, I was just gonna say, like, that hey, I left she you must three. have taken them all because there wasn't empty. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah, dude. Oh shit. Right. I had to leave that one odd one on the end. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was convincing myself, to be honest. So, that happened, and me and her, and she had kind of, like, later in us hanging out, probably hung out for, like, two months. Yeah. Hooked up for two months, rather. And, uh, yeah. she kind of wanted to make it more serious, and I was just this pill-addicted 21-year-old. Yeah. And you're, and you're still selling weed at the time, right? Good dick. Uh, yes and no. Yeah. I think I was actually, at that point... I, well, no, I wasn't yeah. because when I started dating Abby, the girl who made me stop smoking weed, she I couldn't sell anymore. Oh, uh, right. So right, I had burned course. all. I didn't have any people that yeah, you know, no customers. customers yeah. I didn't have a connect because my connected time was at Red Robin, and I had 
been fired probably six months into my 11th month relationship with Abby. And when she stayed there and started banging one of the line cooks and which she now has a kid with. Oh, man. But before she officiated this relationship, she fucked me all over her yeah. apartment that yeah, she yeah, raised yeah. her child in. Right. Which I really... I met her before. She didn't like her. Me. It speaks to her character. Yeah, yeah. And her her ethics as a person. I met her once. Her morals, rather. Yeah. Yeah, you met her. She didn't she, like she didn't you like because me you were I was a bit drunk. intoxicated. Because yeah. so I was a crazy despised, person. She despised. That's okay. She despised all, all intoxication in yeah. any form. So as soon as she saw that she you got were drinking, cake, she just immediately. Yeah, she had a kid. No, yeah, cake. So I, what? She had a big ass. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. it's great. Amazing Sicilian girl. Good on you. Oof. Yeah. Anyways, not worth it. <laughs> not worth it. Yeah. Uh, fun at the time. All right, so let's let's reel it in here, right? So you were. I you mean, got introduct, just, introducted, introduced, introduced to marijuana. Yeah. Smoked a couple times, casually I, selling. I, don't want, I also want to say that this is no, in no way, shape, or form an endorsement for marijuana as a gateway drug. Yeah. Yeah. Because, no, I don't. I don't believe in that at all. I, because of my family and yeah. the readily accessible <laughs> painkillers, I got addicted to those. Not because I wanted something more yeah. than weed provided, because I wanted to drown out all of my problems well would you argue i don't want to go there no, necessarily but that marijuana wasn't drowning it out for you therefore that's why you tried other shit no i i just think i because if you wanted to continue to drown it out would you just i don't know smoke more weed i think that because i got to try that stuff well, i guess i guess you would say that obviously fucking opiates work more than pot it's not that you did pot did yeah, marijuana I don't or know. cannabis? I don't know if, I, you know if it mean? wouldn't have been around if I would have just smoked and drank I mean, like most of the kids I went to high from school. From what with. I'm understanding, like the situation around your family would have existed regardless if you smoked or didn't smoke cannabis, and it was yeah. going to be fucking horrible. Right. So, I so maybe you would have done that. You know what I mean? It would have been something. It, it, yeah. it, there would have been some sort of substance because that's just who I am. Yeah, I, have a very I don't. I don't want. I'm not pro fucking. Cannabis is a gateway drug thing at all. I think I just think cannabis is easily I accessible. I think it's easy to. I think it's very. I think it's uh, another substance that's used. I think that. I think it's just easily accessible. I mean, if I look back at all the friends of mine that unfortunately have passed away due to opiates or due to um, basically just opiates, um, they all smoked weed at some point, but. Marijuana, cannabis. I think weed, weed it's just for me when it's I around. Did, when I did hard drugs, was a way to kind of remedy all the negative effects of the hard drugs. Like I started with opiates, I moved on to Xanax into into my twenty three, twenty four. What is Xanax? Like in the terms benzo, of a benzo? Benzodiazepine. Yeah, it's a benzo. Um, and that is where the majority of my memory loss comes from. Was my years and and. The thing is, when I did get addicted to opiates, it kind of followed me into the the next years of my life in which I did get to meet these people who had it, like, from scripts or had it from this or from that or from wherever. And that really kind of brought me into the heavy pill use of my, like, 23 to 24-year-old life. And when I was a full-blown drug addict, I I would wake up. And I also... After that, well, in the middle of the Xanax into 
the end of the Xanax, I was doing copious amounts of cocaine every day. And it just kind of became, like, it went from the Percocets kind of make everything feel better to I'm addicted to, to Percocets to kind of, I'm going to do whatever. So I would wake up, I would do a line of coke, I would sniff some Percocet, I would pop a Xanax, I would drink a beer, I would smoke some weed. It was just kind of, I did and it. How, how are you, like, affording all of this? From selling weed. Gotcha. It was a lot of, like, it was a lot of bartering, too, whereas, like, instead of paying, like, all this money for this annex, it's like, I'll give you, like, some weed, or I'll give you some coke, or uh, I can find some pills for you, or whatever, or, like, this person has a script for sale, like, you would just grab it whenever you had it. Right. And I knew people that did it also, so I would kind of, like, upcharge the price to them so I could afford my own, and stuff like that. It was it was a lot of it was an interesting life. I, I mean, I really it's 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 some dark shit. It. I don't mean to like dibble around. No, I know we're kind of we, going like we, back uh, and forth between time. You came time. over to my house the one time and I snorted a Percocet in front of you and you fucking left immediately. I'm not really like. Well, yeah, I mean, my my relationship with I've never actually talked about that on the on the podcast at all. But my relationship with uh, prescription drugs and shit um, for myself was short lived, but for my relationship with like friends of mine was. So fucking, that's a whole other podcast, you know, I, you know, fucking. It definitely affected you. Yeah. Very strongly. Yeah, I mean, one of my, my best friends in high school overdosed on oxycodone when we were in, I think, freshman year, sophomore year, and, um. Passed away. Yeah, he died, and, uh, it fucked with me, obviously, but, like, looking back on it, it didn't fuck with me that much that I didn't, like, completely remove myself from that scenario, because, like, we had... I don't know. I don't even like. I, I don't want to like start a whole other conversation. But It'll be another podcast. Yeah, there there was a lot of Just fucked up shit that happened. Street. Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know. People get into drugs and you and lose track of things. Even even though something impacts you, having to do with drugs, like somebody passing away, like you still end up at one point or another using drugs to kind of forget about that. Yeah, and you don't. You lose track of that too. It's, I mean, it's, even it's, like it's the alcohol, dude. Like. I love getting boozy and making beats and recording with people and and all that shit. But ultimately, at the end of the day, like, I feel that this can is, like, just a little, a tiny, tiny, tiny taste of what I used to depend on to, like, not let me, like, remember all the pain and shit. You were just trying to get through your day, and that was just... It it was different things, but different substances, whatever, but we all do it at some point or another. Yeah. And I I think that it's, it's, if you don't have to do it at all, it's the best scenario, but I'd rather, I'd rather have this happen when I'm young than when I'm established. Yeah. I mean, dude, I'm I'm the, I'm the worst poster child of that. Like when I was 14, 13, 14, um, I was doing like whippets and shit. Mm Mm-hmm. And that obviously leads into people that, like, I think it's like the thing about, like, uh, uh, um, cannabis being a gateway drug. I don't believe in that, but I, I believe in the idea that people that know about weed or have access to weed might also have access to other things. That would be only the argument for me that it's like a gateway drug. Not that, like, you smoke weed and then you need something else, but you smoke weed and maybe the one person that smokes weed also, like, has this or has that. And for me, like when I was when I was a young buck, I was escaping all kinds of weird shit that we don't really talk about on the podcast much. 
maybe we will someday. Maybe I have before and I don't remember, but um, yeah, it it was just kind of like it all kind of came hand in hand. And then now, like later, later, later through life, it's like, yeah, I have a couple beers, and it's like everyone's trying to escape from reality for some reason. And I've definitely become like way more in touch with reality. I don't drink as much. I don't smoke as much, and that's not to down anybody that does or does not. Um, Our personal life experiences have told us that maybe we should tone it down. Yeah, I've seen the worst. I think you hit the fucking nail on the head with that. I've seen the worst. Weed is not a gateway drug, but because weed is illegal, the people you get it from more times Mm -hmm. than not will will know somebody or themselves have stronger Hey man, like if if somebody's dealing with illegal shit, nine times, like I could look at my phone right now. People that I like currently buy marijuana from, I know no other people that I could get, I don't know from. It doesn't matter. We don't have to speak on it. But it's all like kind of like in the realm of illegal bullshit. Yes. Which is another reason why I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm pretty sure on the same page as me that cannabis should just be legal. Yeah, 100%. You know, I would go as far to say that I think that controversially, I think that all drugs should be legal. Yeah, that's a whole... Um, I think that it's it has extreme negatives and extreme positives. Well, the studies the studies that they've done in like the countries that they've legalized heroin, like prostitution has gone down almost yeah. like, all of it, like pretty much. It ends up that like... Girls don't want to have sex with random guys. Yeah. Like, they don't. They just want heroin. <laughs> you know, and that, But that's and that's a, a fine point to make. Like, we're not advocates for all hard drugs, but at the same point, like, when you make something illegal, it, it creates this want. This, like, in, shadow this world. curiosity in the brain of, like, same thing with me when I was a kid. Like, my dad being so fucking adamant about me not doing any drugs made me so goddamn curious, and I would go online and, like, research yeah. all the drugs, and that's how I knew all these things. And it's, like, when you remove that mystique, that, that like, cover over things, it's kind of like, oh, go buy this at the store. Okay, well, maybe I don't want to really... It's not that fucking Well, I, th- I think there's definitely, like, an element of, like... um people that are like oh this is wrong i'm gonna try it or like my parents don't want me to do it therefore i'm gonna try it which you know speaking on basically everyone that i fucking know that's kind of how it went you know like pot's bad this is bad this is bad don't take acid it'll melt your brain or whatever like whenever anyone says like don't do that that's you know the classic thing is like don't think of the purple elephant what do you think of the purple elephant like what do you don't think you know you do the opposite huh Isn't it pink? pink elephant I don't know, man. It's the same shit. But <laughs> but it's like, you know, if we were to make all drugs legal, there would be, in my mind, horrible statistical um, things. You know, I, I would imagine that some people would try some shit that they shouldn't try. I feel like it's, um, there's the people, and they say this all the time, several people have said this, like, the people that do the drugs, they're going to do them. Oh, whether yeah. they're illegal or legal. I think there's a small Same shit with, like, guns, bro. That will do drugs. Like, if drugs were legalized, that would do drugs and then become addicted mm. to them. I don't, I don't think... 
I, I think that those people will find the drugs either way. I think there's a small percentage of people that like don't venture yeah. out into, and I could be completely no. I, ag- I I I. But I, I, I agree just, with from you. From my personal experience and people I know and people you know, I think we we all kind of know like when something is illegal and you have to, it's it's kind of more fun to get it in some lights. I think it's like it's, it's genuinely interesting to like kind of talk about this with somebody that you've known for so long that have also gone on like a similar path. Like obviously our paths have been quite different and the reasoning behind them have been drastically different. Um, But I don't really talk about this shit anymore, you know? We've also, to cut in here, I'm not quite on the headphones here, but we've also had a, a good amount of disagreements yeah. And periods of silence between us because of this shit. Yeah. Too. I mean, um, I could remember a time in which and it wasn't fresh that um, the aforementioned friend had passed, but it was, you know, so I guess that's what I'm trying to say. So I'll tell the story about that and then it'll kind of like, it'll make sense, right? So... Um, when I was, um, this is going to get super personal. I think it's good to have some stuff like this on the podcast because it's ultimately like I, I really get personal about other people, but up until now, I really haven't super divulged a lot about myself. When I was in elementary school, I didn't really have a lot of friends. Um, there was, there was this like group of guys that I thought was like the cool guys, right? They would hang out with girls. They would, uh, I don't know, be cool. And I was just, you know, I was just a weird kid. Um, and I remember there was, uh, it was like a lunchroom. If you could, can you close that door? There was this like lunchroom, um, story that happened where I made a joke about one of the teachers or something and, I don't know where, like, my, um, I don't know where my, like, attention to humor came from, but I made a joke about somebody, and these, this group of guys were like, let's, you know, you can hang out with us, you're worthy, (laughs) um, you're worthy enough to hang out with us, and at the time, you know, of course, he was a little kid that doesn't have any friends, of course, why, you know, why would I not take the opportunity, right? So, um, I started hanging out with these guys and, and this is in like elementary school, middle school. We're not doing drugs and shit. We're doing fucking nothing. Right. And, and the friend group kind of expands till we're in, I don't know, let's say seventh, eighth grade. At the time I was in a band. I had had, uh, my first girlfriend at the time, you know, I was growing up a little bit and I was moving like real fast. You know, I was in, uh, Middle school, but I thought I was in, I don't know. I thought I was in my 20s or some shit. And, um, you know, before, like, any type of drugs, even being alcohol was introduced into this friend group. Now, mind you, this friend group was kind of like, it was like multiple cliques, but within, like, a, a larger body of people that had the same mindset. Now... Mind you, also, I went to a high school where there was, I think, 2,500 people in our whole school. There was, like, four or 500 people in our graduating uh, graduating class. 
Um, so, you know, to think the idea of like five, six, seven, eight people hanging out within the midst of five, six, seven, like there was all these little groups, but we all kind of did the same shit. We would all go to the same places. Um, yeah, so there was all these, these guys were hanging out together, all these guys and gals, whatever. And looking back on it, like it was, (laughs) it was super fucked up. Um, a lot of them, uh, which I kind of became a part of, you know, trying to fit in whatever. And who knows, they can, they can't speak to why they started doing this shit. Cause honestly, they're all dead. Um, a lot of them like started playing this game where, mind you, we're in middle school. So we're like, I don't know what fucking, uh, how old are you in middle school? Like 13, 14, 13, 14. Yeah. Um, they would play this game where it was like the pass out game. You would go down on your, uh, your, uh, uh, you would like squat and you would breathe in, in and out, in and out, in and out a whole bunch of times. You'd stand up and then the other friend would come out and choke you out until you would pass out. And, uh, they would also do that. Uh, and there was a, a local pool, Landisville pool that we used to go to. And uh, people would drown each other in the pool to achieve I've never heard this some set of... Yeah, we're going deep here, bro. I'm a little lit, and I figured I should... Just open up. You know, why not? It's me. It's um, fucking... Yeah. I mean, it, also the thousands of people that are going to hear this shit, but... No, I mean, it's me talking, so this shit always comes up. Yeah. Like, we always, we always go deep I feel like we when go we're deep having heavy. conversations. Yeah. yeah. Um, Did you try this yet? No. The pink guava. Shout out, shout out to the next beer. What is this? Oop. It is. You said pink guava? Yeah. Where did I put the can? I don't know. I put it somewhere. I don't know. It's a pink guava IPA. Okay. Oh, shout out to pink guava IPA. It is Liquid Hero Brewery pink guava IPA. Clink. 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 Yeah. This is back on the right path. This is a really good beer. It's got you like want- kind of a weird aftertaste, but I don't know. So, anyways. 13, 14 years old. <laughs> I'm talking like 15 kids. Or like choking each other out, drowning each other at in the, the pool. At the Landisville pool. And I'm just trying to hang. These people think I'm cool. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, always wanted to have friends and shit. So we're hanging out. And seriously, like I'm talking about like 95% of these people are dead now. Um, and it makes sense. Because like everyone was trying to escape reality. You didn't have a uh, a substance. You just pass out. That's a thing, you know. Um, and a lot of things happen in between. But a lot of the people from this friend group, I end up getting to know a lot better. And still in high school, so you know we're still kids. Fucking who knows shit about shit when they're in high school. Um, but the aforementioned person um, from from an earlier overdosed on oxycodone and it really like fuck with me because it was the first one and at the time it was like holy shit like somebody actually died from drugs drugs to this point have been fun you know there's everyone does this and everyone does that and all of a sudden what it kills somebody um so that i mean that really like fucked with me but then like at that point, I was like, you know, I had been, I had taken acid, I've been fucking, this was in high school and shit too, like, um, 
you know, my kind of like idea was that like I want to get, I want to do all the drugs and all the crime that I can before I turn eighteen. Because when I turn eighteen, I could go to jail. So I was doing all kinds of shit, right? And um, you know, Derek passed away, and everybody in that immediate friend group took it in a bunch of different ways. But be honest with you, again, ninety percent of those people ended up um, doing heroin. Um, you know, getting down into, into pills and whatnot. And a lot of them died. Um, my graduating class in high school, uh, 2012 Hemfield. I don't know how many people passed, but a lot of them. And, uh, it's fucked up. You know, people do drugs and shit and they die. And it really fucked me up. And then flashback, like there's a lot of information within that but like flashback to this moment um that you did a percocet yeah and, and I, I had really, all this my drug in my mind was like we were supposed to hang out all day and i was like okay um i'm just because i i needed to i needed to do the pills to just kind of get through my day but i don't i had to like if i would do a pill i would be good i wouldn't go through withdrawal then i would do another one I would get and, and it's no blame on you i mean you don't no. know all this shit no, and that's what I mean. I had no. I, I think you might have mentioned. I'm sure I did vaguely something but, about, but you didn't really delve into the detail and like how really impactful it was on you and like unknowing. At the end of the day, it wasn't really that impactful because like I did also delve into pills and shit. Well, like I said, like you lose when when you have and like from personal experience when you have that trauma and that pain in your fucking brain, you you don't think about anything else other than how to get rid of that yeah so if there's a pill that does that and that's how people get into that and yeah. a lot of that's what i a lot of people don't understand that and they will just shame you and talk shit on you and down you and say well i mean and that's not what i'm talking about you like yeah you, no, 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 it wasn't that. it was you because you didn't shame me at all you you just said like i'm leaving like i don't want to be around this yeah. Yeah, but but there's a lot of people. I mean, that, that is will, selfish, though, because like in my mind, I'll be honest with you. Maybe we haven't talked about this personally, and maybe this isn't the greatest podcast, but also probably the greatest podcast material. Like I, in that moment, was like, "You're gonna die." You, it, it ran through your head that I could die. Yeah, and I was like, I don't want to be, I don't want to feel that feeling again, of loving someone as my brother, and having them die. So. I'll, I removed myself a lot from a lot of people and you know, a lot of those people did end up dying, but thankfully you didn't and you got your shit together. I was upset in the moment, but at the same time, after the smoke cleared, after I cleared my head, after I stopped doing all the drugs, yeah, it made so much more sense. In the moment I was very upset, but... You have to pull yourself back and like put yourself in the other person's shoes. Oh yeah. And course. after I understood like where it was coming from, it all made complete sense. But a lot of people never get there. No. And a lot of people are will be stuck in the haze that is drug addiction for the rest of their life. Well, that's why we're fucking like not on the podcast, but that's why we're here talking now. Absolutely. I mean, if I could have this conversation with fucking Justin and fucking uh uh, uh Dookie and and Unfortunately, that was his nickname. Like, you know, they they didn't get hit. All the fallen homies that have succumbed to the drug addiction that has taken their lives. It's and you know, there's people out there that will scoff at this and say this and that, but you really will never. 
if you don't come from that or if you've never had to deal with that it's very hard to put yourself in that position and under kind of understand what it is about like i am very sympathetic i will not enable people and i will not give if i know somebody is a drug i will not give them money because i know they're going to spend it they're not going to the bus stop and they're not going to get a sandwich they're going to get drugs and that's another thing i like to I, i might like to add when if you think somebody just a little side note. If you if you think somebody is addicted to drugs and they're asking you for money and they give you the thing that it's for, whether it's food or transportation, gas money, whatever, go offer to buy that for them. Oh, yeah. And watch their demeanor change. If they look disappointed immediately when you offer to buy that for them, you will know that it's not for that, that they were just trying to con you into drug money. Or sometimes... People actually need those things. Now, on the same token, sometimes people will take their paycheck and spend it on drugs and ask you for the other things they need. So don't get that mixed up. But if in the in the heat of the moment, somebody asks you for stuff like that, just kind of run that scenario through your head. And like, I, it happens all the time in, in my city. Like people are like, oh, I need money for pizza. And I'm like, oh, I'll get you a slice. And then they just kind of walk away. And it's like, no, you just wanted money for yeah. dope. So it's just... That's a little bit of street smarts that you guys might be able to kind of play into your life. Yeah, there's a, uh, currently, um, at the time of recording this, I'm not exactly sure when this episode's going to come out, um, but currently at the time of recording this, if anyone is living in the Lancaster area that listens to this, I know that a lot of our listeners are in Lancaster, and of course there's listeners that are out there and abroad, but um, there's currently a little bit of a, a, like a war going on on King Street. Um, which I was witness to the other day. So basically what it is is there's a group of guys, group of guys and gals, let's say on the left side, and there's a group of guys and gals on the right side. And uh, they all will mediate around the bench on the left and the bench on the right. <clears throat> Mind you, the bench on the left, the bench on the right are literally littered with um syringe caps. Caps. Um the caps or whatever the and cigarette butts ones. yeah 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 um and one of the group will come out and stand on the corner with a sign homeless need money um and it's fucked you know like like i, I used to have this like reoccurring question on the podcast before like what is something nice that you've done for for someone recently and a lot of people would be like you know i gave money to a homeless person or i did this or did that um, and it's fucked up, you know? I mean, we were talking off mic before about this kid, Nick. I don't know his name. I don't know his last name. I don't even know if Nick was his real name. But he was a homeless guy, Nick. Um, heroin yeah, addict. At one point, criminal. lived across um, the street from At one point, room. lived, yes, left of the studio, which is now uh, being remodeled to a lovely home. Yeah, um, we just talked to the guy that's remodeling. He had a, uh, uh, it wasn't a twenty-two. it was like a twenty-five, 25. caliber pistol. Yeah, that's a small that I made fun of him for. I was like, you ain't ladies killing gun. anybody with that yeah. shit, bro. Um, <laughs> My grandmother has one of those. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, he would, he would go out there and he would fucking ask for, uh, ask for money and shit, but it was... I did his laundry and shit. I'm not trying to like, 
I hate talking about like shit that I did or anyone did. I think the idea of like doing nice shit and then talking about it is fucking disgusting. I don't think you're talking about it because oh. of that. Oh yeah, I mean, no, just, yeah. I mean explain the story. To what we're talking about. But uh, I don't know what happened to that guy. Like you know, I was I don't know twenty years old, twenty one years old. Um, met him, talking to him about him about his life and shit. That it was before I did the podcast. It would have been great to like get to know him in, in, it was that in the early stages of your studio yeah in other rooms yeah i was in another space still in the same building but another space um i have no idea what happened to that guy and honestly i don't really know how we get on the subject a homeless homeless yeah just just the homeless yeah it's drug addict <sighs> epidemic it's fucked because like there's people that and i'm not saying this has like obviously anyone that's listening to this like you're listening to this on a phone or a tablet or a, a fucking in your car or, I mean, I look at the stats. It's mostly on phones. But um, if you have a phone, like, even if shit's real bad, like, you're, you're, you have a phone. You have a phone plan. You have an address in which you can build that phone plan to. Um, tissue box just dropped. That's fine, man. But it's... uh. There's levels to this shit, you know, and um, be grateful for what you have. Yeah, seriously. Is what you're saying, like there's there's people out there, some you know, and the there's some homeless people that actually need help, and then there's some homeless people that that choose to be homeless because of their addictions. Yeah, and and, and a lot, you know, it's. As an as an addict myself, which is I will I will subscribe to that label one hundred percent. Um, you get lost, and sometimes you yourself can't pull yourself out, and it's very tough. And you have to like you have to be very mentally strong and aware of like what's going on. And some people just don't have that, and you have to understand that. But it's a very it's a very skewed line because there are those other people that are just trying to take advantage of those people that want to help the people that are in trouble. And they just, those people just want to get high and they're just going to take advantage of you and take your money. And it's like, it's up to you to figure it out. And there's no really like, you know, clear cut way to do that. So, um, this is going to be interesting for me to edit all together. I don't, I was talking about, Drug addiction and a bunch of other stuff. And we were talking about a lot of things that were serious. And then Lindsay called. Love Lindsay. She's the best. Um, Don't remember what we were talking about. Uh, We were... We were talking about um, homeless people and yeah, uh, yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. But we'll... Let's, let's kind of... Peter, back head, to you. Let's head towards wrapping it up, but with a, yeah. a different subject. Let's pivot a bit. Okay. I think the the beers are having us a bit like we're wondering a bit in our minds and kind of like really it's a beautiful way to say it. Yeah, I, I like it. It's good. It's not Speaking a bad thing. Speaking of which, it's just what are we drinking right now? Ah, we are drinking draw drawing a blank, a triple hopped, triple India pale ale, so a triple IPA. It is a pretty high ABV. It is uh, 11.1%. Triple hopped with Galaxy Citra, Mandarina, and Bavaria hops. It is brewed by Dorchester Brewing Company, Boston, Massachusetts. Oh, it's brewed by Dorchester, 
for Abomination Brewing Company. I'm not sure if this is a collaboration or what. And then the art on the can is by Earl Kess. So Shout out to Earl that. Kess. It's like it's one of the cool most fire fucking cans I've beer seen. Cans. That's another thing. I, I buy a lot of... It's hazy as fuck. I buy a lot of the beers I get based on the can art because... It's like an album cover. I don't really feel like going on my phone and Googling all of the, you know, thousand different beers in the spot that I go to. So So here, Clank. Cheers to this. I'm still on the pink guava, but I will get to this triple soon. I'm I'm trying this. How is... Let me know how it is. Ooh. Um, How's the flavor? It kind of tastes like wine mixed with like milk beer. It's a it's pretty boozy. I I I'm gonna. You said gonna, this is what an eight percent. Eleven point four. Eleven point one. It tastes like liquor that's been. It's boozy. Like mixed, yes, but like mi- but like in a good way. Because the last boozy boozy one we had was no. what the the cinnamon fucking no, or not fucking cinnamon s'mores the s'mores one. one. Oh, that was horrible. That sucked. 13%. Yeah, we poured that shit out, by the way. It's not like we had to I also drank want to mention that uh, the, some of the other beers we drank were 5%. Like, it's not, it's never about the alcohol percentage, but no, it, just it happens is good to sometimes. get tipsy every now and then. So, yeah. it plays slightly into the way I buy beers. I don't I don't buy beers that are like 3%, but if I gotta it's 5%, say, I'm not like, oh, this one's fucking delicious. Is it? Yeah, okay, you'll good. enjoy it. I it's heavy. It. Huh? Should be. It's triple. <laughs> It's got like a. Uh, what are your tasting notes on it? Okay, uh, let me try. Never done this before. Mm. Vanilla. Beer. <laughs> I'm just playing. Um, I, honestly, I, I it's it's like, like sweet, but it's not too sweet. I want to try. It. Hold on, let me. It's got like kind of like it tastes like a brick wall, <laughs> but like in a good way. Just so you know, all these little bumps, the mic is oh, you're right good. in you're line. Good. Of it's mine. okay. I've done this a couple times. See what I'm saying? It's good. It's boozy. You're right. It's boozy, but it's like it's thick. no, it's it, it's it's boozy in a very in a light way, in a juicy sort of way, but you can still taste that there's like a strong presence of alcohol like, in the beer. Think if you were gonna make vodka, but <laughs> like. Make all the alcohol go away, but just a little bit. It's like, yeah, there's, there's oh, shit, an inherent. This is great, man. You should just, you should just do beer reviews. I should. The- but I really, I really want to say mm. while I'm on this public forum, yeah, I'm super fucking proud of you for what you've made this into. Like what when the I podcast? Met, the whole thing. Like when I met you and we were in school. Oh, is it just just a dream? <laughs> no, <laughs> Fuck, I'm drunk, dude. No, it's uh, just it's, it's just like dream, when I met man. you, you were like, I'm gonna have a recording studio, and then you got the studio, and you're like, I'm not doing anything, and then you actually started doing stuff. You started making beats. You started recording people. You yeah, upgraded your heart. equipment. You got a bigger space. Like now, you have the podcast. You've expanded your clientele to different genres. Like you've really made this something when it was just an idea and like i commend you for that tremendously dude because it's not fucking easy and i've seen you go through a lot of struggles and stress and you stuck with it and look what you've got you've got this fucking great thing now and it's gonna get even better because you're not gonna stop 
and like that Can't is a beautiful that. thing and that makes me really fucking happy Bro, you're to gonna make me like cry but you do that you don't have to cry i'll cry it's okay <laughs> That's what, I'm, but that's what I'm saying though. Like I no, really... but for real, like there's really like I mean, even like my girlfriend, like Lindsay, that's been on the show before and shit. Like she's been here since like relative to the beginning, but not the the beginning, beginning. Not the beginning, the beginning. There's really no close. one that's like besides. From I mean, that besides, night like, that you ditched me and Durkle at Telus, <laughs> man. Like it was ever since then I knew that something was happening. Dude, did I ever tell you like the like the real shit. No, but I didn't. Perhaps. <laughs> I didn't leave y'all to like hang out with Lindsay and shit. I I left y'all to come here and do what? I don't know. Just like hang out, fucking listen to music and shit. Why did you leave me with Dirk? I felt awkward at the time. Me too. I was hanging out with Dirk while being a douchebag around all these hot girls, and at they were the all looking like, "Who's bro, this fat fuck?" At the time, I was like way out of the social circle and was like so was i i was in the same spot that you were in i know and i left you and i'm sorry <laughs> you left me with douchebag i thought you would get some pussy and it'd be fun no i had a horrible time it was jerk was being a total douche he's changed a lot he's changed a lot i still have my mixed opinions on him which i will not say i call him right now you can talk to him fuck him i don't want to talk to him all right i have no desire to he's a douchebag yeah yeah, that's just my personal opinion no, for all the people it. that I are listening. It. And you, Dirkle. I hope you hear this. <laughs> he does listen to the podcast. Good, I'm glad. You're a fucking douchebag. Yeah. Just know that. Yeah. You and Logan, I hope you suck each other's cocks. <laughs> and that is all I will say. That's a very personal note yeah. to the people that are listening. We'll leave it in or we won't. Who knows? Yeah, whether or not, I still mean it hard. Yeah. So, that's that. That's the alcohol speaking. But yeah. It's just me being truthful. Anyhow, um, um, I don't really know like how to end this shit because I feel like we could just continually talk. We have this really... is the legacy of Byron and Anonymous. Yeah, let me. <laughs> can I actually Byron and Anonymous ask you like a classic Your Space question that we've somehow curated? Fuck yes, dude. We'll end um, it with we'll end it with like a, a little okay. tidbit of normal normal shit. Yeah, I know. Yes. I've been kind of like dipping and dabbing uh, with. This is stuff. what I've always see. Me and me and Byron or Byron and I rather. Um, Nice. Tried to do this uh, two, yeah. three years ago. Yeah, like the very. And I, I was I in a very drug addicted state, yeah. and I was very paranoid, and I wanted to make everything anonymous, and I like made it very awkward. And then we did a secondary podcast, which was like, wait, we did pretty, two that didn't work. We did the one that you had scripted. I remember, I and, came and, to your crib. I I'll, pulled the I'll, mic I'll out. I'll lay it out. I'll lay it out. You you came to the crib with the with the recorder with Eric. You kicked us out. No, that was a different time. I thought it was the same time. That was no, that was the time that you and Eric came to hang out, and then you forgot your weed and you came back and we hung out. And that was like but not no, no, good that times. was when you got back. You got back from Portland, and I was so into weed, and I was just like, oh, somebody upset. has been to the motherland of the Pacific Northwest. I want them to tell me how great the weed was. And you're like, yeah, it's pot. <laughs> like you had a bad time there. It yeah. was not expected. Yeah. What you were, you know, what you, you walked into something unexpected. And you were consumed with that, and the weed was uh, on a Dude, the weed was, like, too good that it made me sick. <laughs> you didn't tell me that. No, yeah, I got, like, sick from the weed. But anyways, you you just were like, yeah, it was spot. And I was so excited for him to describe all these great weeds to me that he spoke. Well, for someone that knows up. about marijuana, or excuse me, someone that knows as much about cannabis as you do, for someone to go out of their state to a an area where it's legal 
have everything laid out and shit, and then to come back and be like, yeah, I smoked some pot, it was cool. I now, in retrospect, understand how upset you were. And while me being addicted to cocaine yeah, and being time, like so it was testy. Even, it was amplified even more, but anyhow, um, the time that you came over to do the podcast, yeah, we were just hanging out, you brought your Zoom or whatever, uh, was it a Zoom? <laughs> My Zoom? Was it a Zoom? Oh yeah, pause. Zoom. Yeah, Zoom, Zoom my bad. Yeah. I thought... I thought no, we were talking about like the Zoom. This horribly failed Shout Microsoft out to Zoom, M- dude. MP3, MP4 player. The podcast that you and I did originally was on the Zoom recorder with um two SM57s. Yeah, it was like now. a mobile setup. Right, and we did it in my bedroom. And you tried to um, uh, deploy the early <laughs> format of ear space on me, and I yeah. was not having it. Already I felt very, I was, I was very paranoid, and I was like, I can't talk about my life because it's all this illegal stuff. And then you and I just ended up shit talking and bullshitting on a podcast that you ended up. You told me you deleted because it was just there was too much stuff that we couldn't mention in it. And now, after being a little more established, you found a way to kind of make that part of the podcast without, because you've done it so many times and because you're experienced and like, this is, excuse, oh, excuse me, so much beer. Um, I think now that you've done it so many times that you know how to kind of handle the type of personality that I am and like because I, I, I'm very unstructured. Well yeah, I mean just, I, I definitely it had just wasn't like, jiving with the way that my brain works. I didn't know how to talk to people that weren't exactly like what I've experienced before. Right. And, but part of but, growing up. But that is this is like an improved version of that first podcast that we did. We've talked about some very impactful stuff. No shit that I, or not, yeah. it's very like no, don't uh cloud your judgment on our opinions and whatever we're saying because we're drinking beer this you know it's actually like a very a little, valid point it's we're we're very coherent like we may be a little looser than normal but at the same, same time what we're, things. what we're saying is not like a yeah. fabrication or anything yeah sometimes when people are drinking they say fucked up things that they regret and sometimes when people are drinking like they, they the also speak like things. real truth like, shit that they fuck, would never dude. say when they're because they're uh, yeah i mean shit like i don't really know what all is going to be included just because mm-hmm. this is so fucking long right this is like one of the longest podcasts i've ever done i'm delving into the triple now um it's great you'll enjoy it i'm so excited but oh it's hazy as fuck yeah it's hazy as shit fuck just a quick interjection there is a restaurant that serves wine uh not too far from my area called the poor house yeah which is a horrible name. No one should ever name their business the poor house, even if it's like a play on the on the words. What if like they only pour their food? Like if you order like a shrimp ceviche? Uh, yeah, ceviche. They but just they, pour just, it. They come to like your house. Play, it's a play they, on the pouring wine. What if they come to your your like your plate and they just pour <laughs> shit on there? They're like, Oh, you ordered a hot dog? And they just pour it they out. Pour it, and it's a hot dog pour. It. I don't want to go there then. What if you order a, a a noodle dish, and they come with a vat, and they say, "Excuse me, sir," and then they and they fucking pour it on your plate. Back to the podcast. We gotta include that shit. That's a genius idea. Welcome to 2075. We pour shit on your plate. We are just pouring out all your food. It's all in the There's too many people. 
It's poured on your plate. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, like, I, I, back to what we were saying. Like, yeah, all of the shit we are, have said today is super valid, and none of it has been affected by alcohol. The only thing that the alcohol would have done is made us say things that we otherwise wouldn't have said because we were holding back. Yeah, and also maybe said some of the things that were uh, mispronunciated. That's okay. You get the gist of it. <laughs> Mispronounced. Mispronunciated sounds better. Is that even like a no, thing? No, not at all. Of course not. See, alcohol. Pronunciated? Pronunciated, yeah. You're saying like enunciated. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Like all right, I see you. Pronounced. I see you. I spell like on, uh, this will probably come out um, next week. So today is Monday when we're recording this. Breaking Sorry, the fourth wall. Just put out uh, Veto's episode, which I hope you all enjoyed. It was a good one. Highly recommend you listen to it. I, need to um, I spelled space. mirrors wrong like 19 times um, for his album that's probably out by now, Sacred Mirrors. I don't know how to spell, dude. M-I-R-R-O-R. Yeah, I did M-I-R. And everything else after yeah. that was different. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I swear, like, yeah, I, I don't know. I learned how to spell together, like, recently. To get her. Yeah. I didn't have that. Oh. I'm a bad person to ask because I am notoriously have, like, a very strong knowledge of vocabulary and, like, my reading comprehension is getting, yeah. like, shit. My first like, grade so teacher, bad. like, had a baby and was, like, on some shit. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I uh, had to go, me and a couple other kids from my class. That's boost. I didn't know that. It was probably just me. But had to go to like uh, reading school and all this shit. All right, I, we need to figure out a way to. How end do we this. round this out? So, uh... <laughs> no, you no no, no wait yeah, stop. Yeah, yeah. We, we we lost track. You were gonna do some like one or two traditional ear space questions, and then oh we were gonna, like, wrap yeah, it up. you're right. All um, right, so let's cut to that. So, um, there's a couple classic ear space questions that I've been bouncing around in my head, um, lately. <laughs> I can't recover from that. I knocked the microphone stand. We've been drinking uh, fantastic beers, and you can find them on the Instagram slash Facebook post um, on Earspace Podcast. That's Earspace Podcast on Facebook and Earspace Podcast on Instagram. Some classic Earspace questions here that I wanted to ask you, my man. Um. Where do you find your joy on a day-to-day basis? Like, what makes you tick in a happy way? What makes you happy? Well, considering at this current point in my life, I have a lot of things up in the air that are going to affect me for the rest of my life. Right now, it's um, I have a great job. Excuse me. And uh, it's so significant to me because it's the same job that I've worked on and off. Uh, it's the same kitchen, rather, that I've worked on and off for the last five years. And we've just recently changed owners. And it's kind of made sense to me. Like, for whatever reason, it's been different reasons why I've stuck around, but. It's, it's kind of paying off me staying in the same place for the last five years because all of the stuff that the old 
owner neglected, the new owner is fixing and updating and making better for the staff. And it just, it makes you want to go into work every day and, and do which, what you enjoy because they allow that rather than holding you back. So my job right now, um, cooking is really making me happy because I really enjoy food and the, like all the different, like eating food, making food, coming up with recipes, like all of that is just very, uh, important in my life. So going to work, I have, um, my own apartment now that is paid for well in advance for the next couple months, which makes me happy. Um, I have all my, like all my belongings. I, I had a roommate for the last, in the, in the, within the last year that really made me realize that I don't want to ever live with anyone again, as far as roommates go. I don't, I, I'm sure there's the great roommate roommates out there. Is, is Byron and I have both had a, a, a interesting roommate experience within the last couple of years. And yeah. I think it's led us both to believe that it's just better just to kind of do your own thing and live in your own space yeah. and not have to deal with anyone I mean, else's. Like the roommate shit is kind of ultimately for anyone. It's a jumping off point. It's like, oh, I'm moving here. I can't afford this place. Maybe let me find someone else. That's, we could that's get a what nice, or we me. could get a nicer space. Yeah, right. Like for me, As it, it was, was like, sold to me by your yeah, last roommate. Right. Like, oh, you could get a greater, a better place. Yeah, if yeah. You have five people living there. Yeah. Than one. I mean, I mean, shit. Like the first place that I had with roommates was a fucking, I don't know, like five bedroom house with nice house, uh, like a nice house. Um. Like when you've established yourself as an adult type of house. Yeah. But I had like five rapskillions living with me. <laughs> and I then it became four ne'er do wells. And then it became five again. I don't know. I, I don't have another word for that. But it's, um, it was a shit show. Fuck, it live, fuck roommates, bro. Yeah, it's at the end of the day, like we both realized that maybe there are some people out there yeah. that can coexist with people, but Honestly, Byron fucking... and I really are not <laughs> about the roommate life. No, I, I feel like most people aren't. I mean, if you it, honestly like, I mean, we're gonna have you over for dinner tonight. Like our new spot, Lindsay and I have a, a have a cribbo now that's nice and like it ain't nothing crazy, but. It's uh, it's our place and it's fine. And I, honestly, I would pay triple the amount that we pay for the, the clarity and shit. Oh yeah, well, which is yeah, that's what I mean. It's really is it having worth to deal it? with other is shit. It, yeah, is it worth it to have to deal? And and it sounds very selfish, but at the same time, it's no, like it's it selfish. allows you no time to focus on yourself. Not at because all. you're always dealing with all these other problems, especially when you are the one that's on the lease. Yeah. You know, like that, it, it puts all the burden on you and like anything that happens. Oh, I feel that, bro. I mean, the first fucking three places I lived at, I was paying all the bills. Everyone was giving me cash and shit. And not taking yeah. out the trash. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the fucking trash. If you're out there and you're one of those shit roommates that doesn't take out the trash or do anything, you know, just like assess yourself and, you know, stop being fucking selfish and just take like two minutes to take the damn trash bag out of the trash can and put it out back or wherever the fuck your trash goes. It goes a long goddamn way. Yeah. But dude, I think, I think we can talk probably for fucking, this could be a five hour podcast. It could be like a 12 hour podcast. Mm -hmm. And honestly, maybe we should like pause this and then come back and record more later. But for right now, 
Um, we're going to end this off. Um, you're an anonymous person. We're not giving out who you are, so there's don't follow you on anything. Yeah, in um, the, you know, in if you guys are so dedicated to this podcast, we're listening, I would say keep listening, and within the next... I'll have you back. Couple for years. Sure. Well, within the next couple of years, my identity might be revealed. If after I, I mean, have a, some, I have a some couple... of the things that you said make it blatantly obvious who you are. So yeah, I'm gonna if have you to, know me, yeah. If you know me, the fact that we went to school together and shit. If you know that school, <clears throat> yeah, I guess. If you there's, I feel like I've talked about that on other podcasts. You though. can, but like, do they have? I didn't even graduate. That's what yeah. I mean. Like, there's, it's very. If you don't know Byron very well. It's going to no be really fucking me. hard for yeah. you to figure out who I am. And that's kind of irrelevant. It's just, I have some things going on in my life right now that are really not to be said. So, in the future, you might figure out who I am. You're going to find a little more about me. I would encourage you to keep listening to this podcast. Well, thank it's you. It's excellent. Uh, I think Byron is a great host. Uh, unbiased from the fact that he is my good friend. And I, uh, I really appreciate you having me on. I really do. This is this has been a great time. This has been a great unwinding moment because I only have off. It's, it's a Monday. I have off on Sundays and Mondays. Okay. And Byron uh, so graciously took some time out of his busy schedule to have me on the podcast. <laughs> fuck you, dude. I was no. I'm fuck. Today. That was as genuine as it gets. No, man. I get it. I get it. I get it. And I really appreciate it. So I appreciate all of you who listened to this, and. Uh, Enjoy your life. Wash your hands. Wear your masks. Oh, yeah. That shit's still happening. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God awesome, bless. Brother. I'm signing out. Thank you. Thank you.